Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Potomac Perspective. I'm Neil Shapiro, Head of Communications at Stiefel, joined as always by Brian Gardner, our Chief Washington Policy Strategist. Brian, how are you? I'm doing well, Neil. Good morning. Good to be with you. How are you? Good to be with you as well. I'm I'm doing good. Big, big coming off a big Mets win last night, two nothing over Philly, one hitter. Nimmo robbed a home run. So I had a good night last night. Uh, New York outfielders have ro- been robbing a lot of home runs lately. Uh, Aaron, Bo- uh, Aaron Judge, excuse me, I was going to say Aaron Boone. Aaron Judge uh, has had two in the last couple of games, one at the stadium over the weekend and uh, one out in Seattle the other night. Um, you know, you rob a home run and then you hit two of your own. Who needs a pitching staff? That's right. That's right. Well, that's the, the Mets don't seem to have much use of a, for a pitching staff anyway, so... <laughs> the way they've been pitching, there's not much of a staff. But uh, no, it's been it's been good, um, and I, I'm glad to see that you've had some time to watch some sports because watching developments in Washington have been pretty pretty active for the last couple of weeks. So, what do you say we get right into it? Sure. I mean, it's a good segue. I mean, you know, politics is a contact sport, so we'll go. Uh, we'll, we'll stick with that theme. It is. It is, and we we seem to have a, a, a debt ceiling. Well, we do have a debt ceiling deal. Right. Um, since we spoke last, we, we the president and Speaker McCarthy did come to some sort of an agreement. Now the big question is, will it pass? It seems to have the mojo to get through, but you know, you'll be the deciding voice on that. Does it does it pass? Yeah, I think it's very likely it's gonna pass. Um, there's going to be a procedural vote in the House today before the, the vote on the actual bill. Um uh we had a, a one procedural vote last night in in the what referred to as the rules committee and it passed that it was very close and the the procedural vote today will be very close it's typically a party line vote um and there are going to be some conservative republicans who vote against it and that's that's unusual um um but i think there are going to also be some democratic votes for the rule which would normally go against it so you'll have that offset um and if the rule passes, then the bill is going to pass. I, I think the, the vote on the rule is going to be the closer of the two votes today. Mm-hmm. And once it passes the House, then the Senate would take up the bill. Um, the Senate will probably pass the bill Friday, maybe over the weekend. But I, I think the chances of, of the debt ceiling bill are pretty good at this point. So then the big question is, assuming it passes, what's in the bill, what's not in the bill? So it's a modest piece of legislation. It's not transformational. Um, mm-hmm. And that should surprise no one. We yeah. are in an era of divided government. Mm-hmm. Um, and that tends to restrict the possibilities. Um, it's unusual to get transformational legislation in this kind of construct. Um, so what does it do? The debt ceiling is going to be suspended, not lifted to a dollar amount, but suspended until January third, uh, tw- uh, January 1st. 2025. Um, there are some budget caps. Um, there's also a process to avoid a government shutdown later this year. And I think that's good for the markets. It removes another p- a political risk for the latter part of 2023. Um, uh, you know, there's some, you know, what's not in it. There were some earlier proposals to repeal some of the tax credits from the Inflation Reduction Act. Those were dropped from the mm-hmm. bill. So um, it's basically suspend the debt ceiling to 2025, put some spending caps in place, do some very modest um, uh, uh, 
reforms on uh, drilling and permitting, energy permitting. Um, and that's kind of it. Yeah. So it's basically kicking the can a little bit to the next the next administration. It could be Biden a second term. It could be somebody else. But this is going to be a post-2024 election item. Correct. Okay. All right. So no government shutdown this year. As we said, no debt ceiling showdown until 2025. So after the next presidential election, I would think that those two things add up to good news for the financial markets. No? Yeah. Yes. So um, good news in that it removes that policy risk that I alluded to a moment ago. I, I don't think markets are going to take off on, on the news. Um, uh, I think it was generally pr- the, the idea of a deal. Yeah, they were pricing in an agreement. Was priced in. Yeah. Yes. Um um, and I don't think markets were even considering uh, a government shutdown. That that tends to happen only when the shutdown occurs, and for a couple of weeks, there, there was nothing. There was no price action in the markets on a shutdown. So, but but again, it's good news. Um, but you know, the interesting part of the deal with what I refer to as the suspension of the debt ceiling. So that that does a couple of things, um, including. It provides Treasury the ability to replenish its extraordinary measures. Those are the payments that it has suspended so far to like things like government pension funds. Um, and that enabled it to manage the government's budget past the breaching of the debt ceiling back in January. Um, so those will all be replenished. So when we say January 1, 2025, the real X date is going to be again in the spring of 2025. And that starts to get close to the, uh, the obviously the end of 2025, which coincides with the parts of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, better known as the Trump Tax Cuts. There are elements of that law that expire at the end of 2025. So the next debt ceiling debate is also going to have an, uh, a discussion about the Trump tax cuts. Now, you mentioned that some of those cuts will expire. So what are we talking about specifically? So it's the, the cuts in individual income tax rates, including uh, the and the exemption of the estate tax. The, uh, the exemption of the estate tax was doubled. That would, that would reset. Um, but there's also the cap on the state and local tax deduction. That's scheduled to expire. So, you know, we're going to have a, a big discussion there on individual income tax rates, the SALT deduction, and the exemption on the estate tax. Uh, you didn't mention, but what about corporate taxes? So unlike the cuts that I just mentioned, the cut in the corporate income tax rate uh, back in 2017, which lowered the, the rate to 21%, um, that's considered permanent. And since we're doing uh, audio, people can't see the air quotes, but that's permanent. Um, uh, Now, that doesn't mean that Congress won't consider changes to that permanent cut in 2025. It means it didn't sunset, but Congress can always go back and reset it. Um, And when you consider that extending the, the Trump tax cuts just on individuals, and I'm not including the estate tax or other other parts of the law that that expire, that would cost the government over $2 trillion over 10 years. So the, the, the possibility that Congress would revisit the corporate tax rate in 2025 is pretty real just because of the budget math. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and 
other things can come into play too. things that are not necessarily part of the Trump tax cut. So um, there have been various tax credits that we've talked about on, on the podcast before, including some that were included in the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, the IRA. Um, those could come into the debate in 2025 as well. So the, the, the 2025 uh, debt ceiling debate is shaping up to be a really big event. Yeah. And, you know, 2025 is going to be here before you know it. It seems like it's a long way off, but it's really not when you think about it. it. it it's not. Um, you know, we're, you know, we're halfway through 23. We're getting heavy into the presidential election, um, at least the prime, the Republican primaries. Um, and because 24 is an election year, it will absolutely fly by. And like you said, before you know it, you're going to turn around and 25 is going to be here. I'm going to be back in the middle of this debt ceiling debate. But as I mentioned, it's going to bring a couple of extra items along the next time. It's going to be the, the debate over those over those tax cuts. So do you think, Brian, um, just because this is going to, all going to happen right after the presidential election, uh, do you think this becomes uh, a campaign issue in some ways? Sure. I mean, yes. How about it? It already is. I mean, yeah. You know, as part of this round of uh, the debt ceiling debate, President Biden um, made a late offer about some changes uh, in tax law, um, uh, having a, an unrealized capital gains tax proposal. Um, so the, the the tax debate is never far away. Um, and because of the sunsetting um, in 25, I, I do think the tax debate will be part of the presidential uh, election. I don't know that it's going to be the driver of the election. You have foreign policy issues, inflation in the economy, separate from taxes. You have culture war issues. I think that's what's going to drive the election. But certainly um, the future of those tax cuts will uh, will come up from time to time. Yeah. Well, I guess we have to renew the podcast through at least 2025. I'm game if you're game. Yeah, I'll be there. Well, Brian, I guess we're out of time for today, but thanks as always for uh, giving us the lowdown. Thank you, Neil. And thanks to everyone for listening. We'll see you next time with another episode of Potomac Perspective. Take care.